Welcome to Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Here's your hosts, Dan and Danny. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. We have a guest tonight. All as, right. As usual, we, we tend to have guests uh, almost every podcast now. I know. And we have Kevin from Capture Paranormal, and he's from London, Ontario. Not London, England, mm-hmm. for, you know, not to confuse any of our American or English listeners. There is a London, Ontario. That's right. And it's a one of my favorite places to go. I'm there all the time. Yep, a very pretty city, the yeah. forest city. Kevin, welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Now, Kevin, uh, you and I connected on Facebook recently. Uh, I was promoting my uh, uh, a paranormal event that I'm going to be doing in the fall, and we'll, we'll be talking about that on the podcast uh, in the months to come. And uh, you were looking to be part of it, and hopefully we can still get you in there. And I found out yeah. that you are a paranormal investigator uh, with Capture Paranormal. How long have you been doing that? Um, well, with Capture, um, we've been a team for, we're going on four years this year. Um, but myself, personally, I've been investigating for close to 10 years. Where did your uh, interest in the paranormal begin? Like, did you grow up in a haunted house or? I didn't grow up in one. It started, uh, I was about 14 years old and with my parents, obviously, uh, in a house that we bought. Didn't really, I was into the paranormal. Like my aunt got me into it at an early age. And, but this house, um, like my my girlfriend, my wife now, she can attest to it. Uh, the house was just odd. Uh, there was like doors would open and close and footsteps and our stove would turn on by itself. Uh, just in the basement, you'd always have that kind of creepy feeling of being watched and I didn't really like being down there. The main kind of turning point was, uh, was my, just myself and my mother. Uh, my dad worked midnights. He worked shift work at the, uh, the Ford plant. Uh, just outside of town and so it was about his time to get home from work and um, you know I was I was up and we had a first door and then a second door in our house kind of a landing and this second door I was stuck it was a really it was an old house hundred year old house and it would make this very loud uh, noise like a popping noise when the door would open so I'm laying in bed, and I heard the door open, like I, and I heard the front door, and then I heard the second door make that pop sound, and I heard it shut, and I heard someone walk across the floor, and, you know, I just got up. I was going to go say hi to my dad. I walked down the stairs. I said, hey, Dad, how's it going? Looked. Not a soul in the in the house, and he came home about a half hour later, and that was kind of got my interest, and it just kind of went from there. My aunt uh, kind of fueled my fire from there, and... Yeah, and I, I started investigating, oh, I guess about 10 years later, when I was about 20, 25, just kind of got into it, and then I joined a, joined a local group, and then started my own group, and then joined another group, and yeah, I've been with about three or four different teams in the past 10 years. Now, have you ever gone back and invest, investigated the old homestead and figured out who's there? I have not, uh, but I know the neighbor, I, my neighbor a couple houses down. I ran into him uh, at work, um, I don't know, six or seven years ago, and uh, I just asked him uh, if he's heard anything from the neighbor, 
about the house being haunted or having issues. And he said, funny thing is, about a year after we left, uh, the, the homeowner was uh, home and she was having a bath, I believe he said. And, and uh, he was out cutting the grass and it, not a word of a lie, the front door flew open and she ran out in her towel, like almost completely <laughs> naked and uh, screaming out of the house and said someone grabbed her in the bathtub. Well, yeah, when he told me that, that kind of validated my, my feelings in that house. And I told my wife that and she's like, see, I told you that place was haunted or there was something wrong with it. And, Does that place have a, uh, a history uh, behind it? Uh, you know, graveyard or? A murder? Murder? <laughs> no, there wasn't. I don't know about murders. Like with, I said, when we lived there, it was 80 years old, and now it's well over 100 years old. That was a good 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a seniors, it's not there anymore, but there was a senior retirement right across the street from us, and I would imagine people died in there a lot. And that's really all I know. I think we moved out, I want to say about two or three years later, so I I really wasn't into the research part of it all. London, Ontario certainly uh, has some uh, older buildings. It's uh, it's it's very legendary, actually. So yeah. you, you must uh, have went to a, a number of these uh, places. What are some of your favorites in London? I, we really haven't done a whole lot in London. We've contacted the major places like uh, the Eldon House and the Grand Theatre and the, the Middlesex County Jail, the kind of castle-looking one that's right downtown and mm-hmm. they always reject us like it they don't want they don't want to be known as a haunted location they like the history right. part of it all um like the grand theater they they welcomed us in as long as we would pay them a lot of money to do it yes and that's because the they know what's haunted yeah <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> the alden house is the same we needed like a million dollar liability insurance plan and they wanted a, just a ridiculous amount of money for us to go in and Mm-hmm. Just, that's not we just couldn't we just can't do that so it's uh, unfortunate but uh, we do like one of our members is in Chatham and we've been in Chatham more than we've been in London and St. Thomas and kind of the surrounding areas how do you uh, get these calls from people that uh, need help or how, how do you, what's your uh, process for your uh, group a lot of the times it's it's uh, contacted through a website or through the Facebook page um, one of the other uh, emails, and then we just kind of go from there. Uh, we've been pretty quiet lately, but that's kind of normal in the winter winter time. Come the springtime, uh, we hold we hold public events too. Uh, we kind of have I wouldn't say exclusive, but we we go to a, a place called uh, the Backus Page House in uh, Wallaceburg, mm-hmm. and uh, we've done public public investigations. Oh, geez, we're probably well eight eight times we've been out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's one of the few historical places that actually have opened up their doors and were very welcoming to us. And they've been very, very good to us. Um, the uh, curator of the museum is right into the paranormal, so she was very happy to have us out there. And uh, what sort of uh, equipment do you, are you using with uh, with your paranormal group? Well, when I first started, I was like right into the gadget. Like I had like I probably had three cases full of stuff. Um, but now it's just basics. I just have like a millimeter, a K2, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple uh, audio recorders. Uh, we have a DVR system. Mm-hmm. And that's really about it. Yeah. Like, uh, we, we stay very basic, very low key. Um, I remember when we had all the camera systems and all the tripods and all that stuff. I found that it was kind of disrupting the homeowners, like especially if we're in a private, like in a private home. Right. Like moving their stuff 
removing their stuff out of the way and it was taking a lot of time and um i, I like just like one camera one recorder millimeter k2 and just go like just trying to experience what the homeowners are telling us or the business owners or whoever it may be and just try and catch it naturally if we can yeah and i agree with that because i think even as spirits says one time that they were human beings we presume anyway um once you're setting up all this equipment, I think it's got to be pretty scary for them as well. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I've, I've always kind of gone by the notion that like the infrared lights, because we can't see them, but can they see it on the other side? Like, uh, like do they see night and we see day and kind of reverse? And having that, <clears throat> excuse me, the IR light would be like shining a flashlight in someone's face. And um, we've gotten some of our best say personal experiences um, when we shut all our cameras off and it's pitch is pitch black and we've got the one recorder and that's like we've had people grabbed and like whispered in the ears like once the cameras go off it just seems to kind of ramp up the activity because they don't like our equipment I got if, if that makes sense it's oh yeah it seems to uh, and, and even just being natural during like I've gotten the best EVPs when we're just sitting around just shooting the breeze like during a break or and just have my reporter sitting on the table. Yeah, we've um, uh, that's happened I mean, to us quite a bit too. Uh, mm -hmm. One of our best, actually the best, was a disembodied voice we got when we were just taking a break, and it was like a full sentence, mm -hmm. full sentence in the air, and uh, we all stopped and looked at each other. It was like holy cow, mm -hmm. and caught it on all of our recorders and yep. e even our chaperone at the building, you know, heard it and. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was when we were when we weren't actually yeah. actively investigating, but just sitting around and yep. shooting the breeze. So yeah, I found yeah. that even uh, after after you're done an investigation and you're packing up everything and you've got everything packed, and uh, I think Wellington County Museum was yes. <laughs> I go to the bathroom and I start to get you know uh, hearing noises and a toilet flush and I just you know it kind of went on. It's like well, I don't have any equipment anymore, right? So. And, and sometimes, uh, and I, I find a lot of paranormal investigators now are relying more on their, their human senses, like all their senses. Uh, like you mentioned, go totally in the dark, sometimes blindfolds, and relying on their own senses uh, of touch, feel, and everything like that. And, and you are much more aware once those lights are out and you know, you're concentrating a little bit more on, on any yeah. of your senses. Yeah, I find with like with all the like when we had all the gear and all the, the toys and the gadgets, it's very distracting. But carrying all the stuff, like trying to put it in your pocket, and you're kind of worried about dropping stuff. And I just like to sometimes not even have it. Like if we're in a like a if you pay to play, like you go to the famous locations in the states or whatever, I'll just have my recorder in my hand and I'll just walk around and just trying to just like soak in the environment. And that's kind of how we do it. We're very kind of. Very basic and very, if you want to say, old school. If you want to say that, Kevin, you uh, you mentioned uh, taking a break and shutting down during investigations, and that's when people have been grabbed, and you've heard things. Mm -hmm. Or uh, can you talk to us about some of those more memorable investigations where you know things have literally gone bump in the night? Yeah, um, a good one would be uh, uh, the Capitol Theater in Chatham. It's an amazing location. We've done it, uh, I want to say about six times we've investigated there. Every time it's been active and um, 
Um, one of my teammates and I, we were just walking around in the basement. There's some bathrooms that have always been rumored to have activity. And, and uh, we're just, like, he had his, just his camera. We didn't have recorders going or anything like that. We were just walking around, just kind of shooting the breeze. And he was filming me. And we walked into one of the bathrooms. And right in front of me, the, one of the stall's door just swung right open and then swung closed. We caught it on camera. Like, it just, like, someone just kind of pushed it open. And, and I didn't. Like being, we're pretty desensitized to this, and like it, like anybody would have probably freaked them out. I just kind of stood there and looked at it, and like, well, that was kind of cool. And then we just turned around and walked away. Like <laughs> we made sure we got it on camera, and and that was that was that. And that's probably one of the best kind of things that I've seen with my kid. Like all the lights were on. It was just a regular, just kind of tour around. Princess Ave Playhouse in St. Thomas. We've done that a few times. Uh, I was walking again in the basement just on a break and I thought I heard something down a hallway. So I walked down the hallway and I kind of got that kind of, if you hear clunking, that's my kids upstairs jumping around. <laughs> okay. um, it's not the poltergeist in the <laughs> attic. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not ghosts. It's my little kid. <laughs> so I, I walked down the, down the hallway and, you know, we kind of get that feeling, right? Like you walk into the one room and it's like, Oh, the, yeah, something doesn't want me here. So I just kind of, just kind of did a 180 and turned and went the other way. And out of nowhere, I had, I got shushed in the ear. Like I could feel like the breath on my skin. Like that, this experience is probably like the best experience I've ever had. And it was just like, because we were all talking and being very loud. And it, it was a former uh, church. And one of the supposed resident spirits is an old church lady who hates when people are loud. So, and it was right in my ear and it froze me in my spot. Like it, like even talking about it, I can still feel it. Like it was in my right ear and it was loud and I could feel like a hot breath on my ear. That's probably one of the craziest things that I've ever had happen to me. Now, when you go out to do investigations, do you guys take any precautions to protect yourself, to keep anything from attaching to you or your equipment? Uh, have you ever, um, have you ever we, had anything follow you home that you know of? Personally, I've never had anything follow me home. Um, I've had uh, one of my teammates, Mike, uh, well, former teammate, but he, he's a friend of mine. He's uh, I've investigated with him for years. Uh, he had something follow him home. Uh, I can't remember which location it was, but, uh, yeah, he said he definitely had something for a few days clunking around his house. And, and uh, my other teammate, Bryce, he's had... Uh, someone following home, but he, he is a, not a label, he doesn't really do it publicly, but he says he's like a, I would say an empath, like he, he has, he does have some abilities, he has very high uh, sensitivity to what's energies are around, and, and uh, it was when we did the Princess Ave, and he said, uh, I believe the one spirit, is, his name is Mort, and that he followed him home, and he just said, okay, you don't belong here, you need to go back to where he came from, and he said, ever since then, it's been fine. It was just one night, and it didn't really freak him out. And just like, okay, I know you're here. Thanks for visiting. You need to go back to the theater. And he said it just kind of got lighter, and it just went away. Hmm. He's lucky. <laughs> He's lucky that he, yeah. actually, that he actually listened to him and left. Yeah. We, we don't usually get... Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, to be that lucky, unfortunately. <laughs> so we need to call in the big guns sometimes to help us get rid of our spirits. 
Yeah, sometimes though it's true. You just all you have to do is ask, and uh, it it depends on the spirit. Well, it's funny when whenever we we do locations or like with that are supposedly quite active, and I always say at the end, like, I always thank thank them for letting us come in and be respectful, and and I always say if you can just please stay right here where you are. We don't need anybody coming home with us. Yep. I said I, I always say I have a wife and a seven and a two year old. I don't need anybody to get scared. Yep. So. And that right there is a form of protection. You're asking them to stay. So for the most part, it, it seems to have worked for the last 10, 10 plus years. So I, I, I try to be as respectful as if I'm coming into their house. So right. Yeah, that's that. I, I would get that as a form of protection for myself. Um, you mentioned that uh, that friend of yours, a bit of an empath. Uh, have you used any um, like psychic mediums or anything on any investigations? Uh, we have. Um, I know there are a couple uh, that are around me that I utilize. Like we don't label ourselves as mediums. We don't say we can clear things. We I don't say anything that we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have people that I can call if if uh, say a homeowner wants some guidance or maybe a, uh, a cleansing, like a sage burning or something like that. I know people that can do that, and I've had them come with me uh, when needed. And yeah, I have no I have no objection. To, if that's what people require, I will I will give them that service. That that's something I don't do. Do you have a certain one that you yeah, call upon? Um, um, I have, yes, I have one that's that's like literally probably about five minutes away from me. And I always, if I have any issue or not issues, if I have questions on say the mediumship side of things, I always contact her and right. she guides me. And I actually had I had a friend the other day who was looking for some kind of spiritual help he's having a lot of issues with not sleeping and just feel like bad mojo kind of stuff and i referred her to him and now they've connected and she's giving him a hand with his issues can you tell us any more uh you know the the listeners as as you know because you have your own podcast as well they like to hear the scary stories they like to hear the the spooky stuff can you uh share some more tales with us yeah i've um like i've like i've been doing it for 10 plus years um Amazingly, and not a lot of, I can't say not a lot, but not, it's not, it's, as you know, it's not like TV where everything no. happens on cue. So, um, good experience was um, former team that I was with, we took a road trip down to Moundsville Penitentiary in West Virginia. Amazing, amazing location, um, but it's very far. It was about a nine hour drive. And, um, we were up and just kind of started up in the psych ward. And uh, I think there was about five or six of us up there. And being a prison and, and mental hospital and all that, the, the home or the home or sorry, the building owners actually encourage uh, provoking because oh. you're because it's it was like one of the most notoriously violent prisons in America. So if they, if you want activity to get going, like really ramp them up. And okay, so we did that. We we're calling them crazy and like the, the kind of the psych war like nuts and like not being very nice like you know nice like we're always nice being canadians and whatnot unless you're in the states <laughs> provoking their spirits <laughs> yeah, it was like we were, we were we were provoking but being nice about it it was hilarious we were apologizing when we were being, when we were being kind of <laughs> so, sorry not sorry yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah so so we were doing that and, and like we could see shadows like just kind of I want to say like melted out of the wall if you want like they just kind of like 
like you could see some movement and then the more we kind of egged them on you could just see them kind of morph out of the walls and wow. they started like you see like full shadow people like almost like uh patrick swayze ghost when they come out of the ground yeah and they dragged that guy uh, yeah like into the basement there of, it was kind of like that out of the walls like you could see like dark shadows start moving out from the walls and well and i said to one of the investigators i'm like there's two of them right around you and you could see like as much as i could see in the pitch black that you could see like her body starting to get blocked out oh wow these things moving around her and yeah she got really really scared and so we just kind of we kind of booked it out of there it was getting a little too heavy a little too a little too intense have you ever been scratched or growled at on any of your investigations uh i've heard growling i have i've heard growling um kind of behind me um i've never been scratched i've been grabbed i've had like my shirt tugged and i've had like what felt like fingers run i don't have a whole lot of hair but i've like kind of over just kind of gently brush my hair quite a few times but that was invited i was like you know always that like give me a sign like pull, pull my shirt or pull my jacket or i've never been pushed i've never been hurt i've never been physically assaulted no 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 no. i can't say that no i'm thinking back i have been um taken over by something if that if that makes sense okay uh we're at a local uh, investigation in london we were just kind of doing EVPs in the, in the bedroom and something came over me and it's on, we got it on camera. You could see like my face kind of changed. Like I spaced out, if, if that makes sense. Like I kind of got like kind of this glazed look in my eye and, and I just kind of zoned out and a couple investigators that were with me were talking to me, but I wasn't answering and I wasn't even looking at them. Like I was just like dead straight ahead. And yeah, that was, that was a bit of a, a bit of an issue. Did they uh, have to uh, snap you out of it, or did you just eventually come out of your little? I just kind of came to. I just kind of came around, and and I just kind of looked at them, and they were kind of staring at me. I was like, like, dude, are you all right? I'm like, I'm fine. What's wrong? Like, I had no clue what was going on, and like, I just kind of looked at them. It's like, why are we so? Like, why did we stop? Like, what's going on? And, Okay. They said we lost you for we lost you for about five minutes. Now I've got a local oh. I've got a local London question for you. I, I know that there's a large uh, mental health facility there. There's there's a, a new one and there's the the abandoned one. Uh, I know people who have snuck into the abandoned one and done some investigations there on their own, and they've taken things uh, home with them that were quite nasty. Have you ever mm-hmm. uh, you ever got in there? No. I, again, we've contacted, but it's. Uh, always a no because it, it's uh, black mold is an issue. Obviously, it's been sitting abandoned for decades. God knows how long. Yeah, decades and decades. It's the same with uh, the psych hospital in St. Thomas. We've contacted a couple times, and they've said no. But now they're like a huge Hollywood uh, landmark now. They filmed a whole bunch of movies out. out yeah, uh, the one I just watched, "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark." They they filmed that yeah, there. Actually, and I know uh, um, that show, Knock Knock Ghost, they let them in there. Uh, also, uh, right now, they're filming a uh, Jason Momoa show called C. Yeah. It's an HF, it's an Apple TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're right there now. Again, it's been sitting abandoned. Like, main building just closed a couple years ago, but the back buildings have been abandoned for 20-plus years. So, mm-hmm. again, black mold, asbestos, it's just not safe to be in. Unless you got money. <laughs> and you can rent the place out. Unless, yeah, unless you're Hollywood and... 
you said you've been doing this a long time since you were about 15, right? Well, uh, 15 was my first experience, but right. investigating would be, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I've been uh, interested in it since about 12, 13 right. to 15, yeah. So, so have you found that uh, through the years, of course, when you're a rookie at it, uh, you're just kind of breaking in and, and trying different things, but uh, have you found your your senses or your sensitivity uh, opening up more and more all the time? Uh, because now you said that you, you started to see shadows and stuff like that. Uh, you know, is it something that grew over time? Uh, yeah. It, it, at first, it was I was very, like, talking to my uh, my friend, that's a medium, she says, you know, she gave me advice when, this was quite, quite a few years ago, she's like, you really need to open yourself up. She says, I can feel that you've, that you're closed, that you're not mm -hmm. kind of opening your mind to what's going on. And, and when she said that, I'm like, well, you're kind of right. I always went in with the notion, <clears throat> excuse me, of the place not being haunted, right? Like, I'm not going to see anything here. Ah, like I was already defeated when, before I went in. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I just kind of, like, if we have an investigation or if we're going to a place or I don't really think about it too much. I just go and arrive and listen to the stories of the, either the homeowner or the proprietor of the building. Like I said earlier, I said, I just go in and just kind of soak it in and just kind of go and just try and experience what they're experiencing. And that seems to have kind of heightened the activity, like personal experiences for me, I guess you could say. Yeah, I just kind of opened myself, opened my senses, like my, ear, my ears and my eyes a little bit more, not think that everybody's crazy. That's one of the, the things, too, when people call uh, investigators to come to their place. They just want to make sure that they're not crazy. They, you know, so I, I suppose you guys go, you investigate, and it's like, true, uh, you know, we felt these things, too. You're not crazy. Uh, is that what mm. you find a lot of times, especially with personal in yeah. investigations? Yeah, we, we, we're finding more and more with private residential investigations that a lot of them are just looking for someone to talk to, just... Right. Someone that will take them seriously, that won't laugh at them or say they're crazy, or even if we don't find anything, or if we find logical explanations, be it electrical issues or plumbing or yep. environmental issues, whatever the case may be, like they're more at ease when we give them the truth and they feel more comfortable um, telling us their stories, more of a shoulder to cry on. I hate to say it like that, but that's like just, just an open ear, just someone that will believe them. That's what we're finding more and more. Like, I'm, that's why we do it is to help people to feel more comfortable about talking, of talking about it. And mm -hmm. um, through the years, I've like, like I'll see being residential investigation. Like, you'll you'll eventually bump into them somewhere out in the world. And yeah. I've run into I've run into homeowners that we've invested in. Always say hi and we talk and we're. Yeah, like I'm friends with some of them on Facebook. Like it's what I like. I'm it really does open up a whole new world, really, with the with these people, and yeah, they become comfortable with you, and uh, which which I think is so important because they're inviting you into their homes. Sometimes yeah. I think you're right. It's it's maybe uh, and it's just that uh, affirmation that they get to say, you know what? Yes, there is something going on here, but. Uh, on the other hand, too, you look for the logical explanation. I think one of my a really good um, examples, my mother-in-law, there has, like my wife always said, growing up in this house, she always felt creeped out and there was weird stuff going on. So when I got in to investigate, investigating all the equipment and always bugged my mother-in-law. It's like, come on, let me investigate your house. Come on, let, like I can, 
we'll do it discreetly. We'll do it like I'm not going to stir anything up. I'm like, oh, you know, we'll be complete professionals as we always are. And she always said no. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, my father-in-law passed away. Oh, geez, it's been eight, nine years. And so she lived in the house and it's like, oh, come on, let me, let me, let me investigate. And said, no, no, no. So about three, I want to say about two years ago, she went on a vacation. House was sitting empty. She was in South Carolina or something. <laughs> I just said to my wife, like, I'm going, we're going. Like I'm, and so she, she called her mom and she's like, is it all right if Kevin and his team investigate your house? And she's like, no. She said, well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> oh, I said, thanks a lot, mom. Love you lots. And off I went and, and, and investigated it. And we had a great, I think we did it about four. She's unfortunately sold the house and moved out, but uh, we had great results there. But we, like, it was a house that she was, she was always sick. Like not like, like definitely sick, but she always had a cold or she always had a flu and she always had a headache and stomach aches. And she always complained only when she was home, when she left the house, she was felt better. And so we, uh, found a, a huge EMF leak in her basement, poorly grounded wires mm-hmm. that bled through all, all three floors of her house. Like it was strong from the basement right to her bedroom, right where she was sleeping. Right. Where she always felt sleeping. So, you know, so we did our professional job in her home, like even being tied to family. And um, so that helped her out. She got a contractor in there, grounded the house and everything seemed to be better like it she got sick a lot less she complained less headaches and mm-hmm. so it, that made made me feel good and we had great experiences in there like it, it's it kind of backed up my wife's claims from all the years that she lived there mm-hmm. um a good a good kind of story was we were in the basement where um, i had a medium actually tell me it was like a portal because um, the emf was so high and that central location so we were doing a live stream on facebook and we had uh, i believe we had a ghost box going and we were kind of uh i wouldn't say egg it on but we were kind of getting a little aggressive with our with our question and again apologizing as we were being aggressive because that's what we do and <laughs> so I, if you want us to leave you got to give us a good solid sign you don't want us here anymore and from so i'm just trying to like so we're in the central basement and the front door was, I don't know, 20-ish feet from, 20 to 30 feet from where we were standing. And I heard someone slam the front door, run across the entire like landing of the top floor, up to the top of the stairs, down the stairs, and stop behind, right behind one of our investigators that was filming. Like it was like, slam, thump, 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 down the stairs. And the guy, my teammate that was filming, instantly went white like i've never seen him so <laughs> spooked and like he just stood there he's like there's something behind me mm-hmm. i said okay thanks for that sign we just shut everything off packed up and left and um there was a couple times we, we invested she went on a couple trips so we investigated every time she left and <laughs> so um, one of my teammates a big guy like he's big like i'm six one like 260 265 and this guy's like six six and like 285 so he's huge he's a big guy and oh, he was down in that same area <laughs> yeah. at, the, at the bottom of the stairs and he was setting up a camera or grabbing a camera one or the other and i heard him like make a shuffle sound and he flew up those stairs so fast they said something was right behind me at the bottom of the stairs 
and and much like my wife, her bedroom was in the basement, right in that area, and she always said there was somebody walking around mm-hmm. like in that that general area. She could always feel someone walking in between, like the basement stairs and the bedroom door, and yeah, she always hated being down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do your family and uh, friends think about your ghost hunting? Um, my my, it's my dad. You know, he's he really couldn't. Mm-hmm. Care less, like he, like he'll like he used used to ask me like, oh, how was your night last night? I know it was good, and that was about the end of it. And, but uh, my mother, of all people, like she's devout Catholic, didn't really like when her mother was alive. He never talked about stuff like that. And when we lived at the house that I grew up in, you know, I, maybe it's because of my dad. And he didn't really, but now she's really into it. Like she like always asked me how it was and what we did and what we found and so she's she's quite good about it my brother doesn't care two bits about it <laughs> um my wife she's i have a very supportive wife with um uh especially like with two kids and whatnot and she is my diehard skeptic if i ever have issues like if i like if i have the evps if i think i got a hit or something She's like, oh, let me listen to it. And so she'll listen to it, and then she'll listen to it over and over. She's like, mm, no, that's nothing. She's like, I hear this, and then then I'll listen back to it. It's like, oh, okay, you're right. And so she's debunked quite a quite a bit of my of what I thought was was good evidence, and mm-hmm. um, that's always good because she's never there. Like she never comes in investigations with me. Like as much as she complains that she never gets to go out with me, I always say, well, before we had kids, well, come on, let's go. Like, right. let's come with us. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Like, that's like, like so, yeah. um, yeah, my wife is great. Uh, my, uh, my mother is quite supportive of it. And yeah. And coworkers, like everybody knows what I do. Like that's, that's, I don't hide it. Like I wear my, I have my team hoodie and I got my shirt and I got like my hat and, mm-hmm. And yeah, they're, they're, they like to hear the ghost stories and like to hear my experiences and everybody seems to be yep. pretty interested in what I do. Okay. And I've always invited people and they're the same as my wife. Like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. Like, right. Kevin, have you noticed uh, lately the amount of activity has, has gone up? You're hearing a lot more reports of things happening and people seeing things? Um, in my area, not so much, but a lot of the groups that I follow on Facebook and, and Instagram and all that seem, they seem to be quite active. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I ask of, is because I've, I've talked to a lot of uh, psychic mediums lately, and I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, that a lot of them think that, you know, the, the quote-unquote veil is either gone or it's very, very thin right now. And, uh, like, people are reporting shadow people all over the place, uh, you know, places where you never had any experience or activity before seem to be um, having occurrences in their homes and businesses even. And I just mm-hmm. thought maybe, because you are a paranormal investigator, I thought maybe the amount of calls or emails uh, from locals might have gone up, you know, looking for your assistance um, or your help. Well, like I, like I said earlier, the like we're pretty quiet now. Like we haven't done an investigation in quite a few months. It's just it's kind of the way it goes for us right. down here. For and, sure. um, but we do get emails, lots of questions. Like we, like a, a little local group based in London, Ontario. Like we've had emails from 
places in the, in the U.S. I don't know how they like. I don't know how they found us, or but they have like they'll send us videos and they'll send us pictures and and they'll happily look at their stuff and answer their questions and it seems to be more uh, kind of consultations if you want to say that like 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 what do you think of this or I'm having this kind of issue and right and well it's we just like you mentioned earlier pe- people you know they're almost looking for that shoulder to lean on and. And, a, and yeah. an understanding ear, right, to listen to their stories and make sure that the, you know, just to just to unload a bit because it can be unnerving for a lot of people and and pretty scary. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, it's uh, like when I had my experiences at that house I grew up in. Like in when I got my first computer, that's all I did was look up the stories and those pictures and kind of um, experiences that maybe people had that I had that I could kind of relate to and. Kind of that was kind of the early days of the internet dial-up and all that. So there wasn't a ton of information out there, but now it's it's everywhere. It's so mm-hmm. easy to find. Any places uh, on your bucket list that you would just love to investigate, like worldwide? Uh, worldwide? Oh, geez, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty basic kind of guy. I like the uh, I like the uh, kind of places you see on TV, right? Like as uh, much as I hate to say that, but it's it's. I've been to Moundsville in West Virginia. I've been to uh, Rolling Hills and just outside of Buffalo, New York. Been there quite a few times. Um, been to uh, another place in Buffalo, and so I like I like the like, I would love to go to Scotland, look at castles. Oh like, yeah, to get castles. England, like go to the Tower of London and and uh, castles out there, and uh, but like in kind of if you get like a, a reasonable way like an easy would uh like i'd love to see waverly hills just yeah just because because everybody's been there i'd like to see it for myself and yeah we've um, we've actually been uh toying with the idea of going to bobby mackey's in, mm-hmm. in april yeah, so that's on that's on the bucket list for us as well yeah. so um eastern state penitentiary in pennsylvania i'd love to go there um I'm thinking the uh, I want to say the Shawshank Prison. That's the one in, in Ohio. Or yeah, Ohio. Sorry. Love to go there. Alcatraz would be another one. Oh, that'd yeah, be amazing. That'd be on my list for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. All, all the uh, all the cool, notorious places are all seem to be in the U.S. and the U.K. We, we, yeah. We need, well, we need to, uh, some more Canadian locations. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I'm, I'm sure you guys have run into this. Like, it's so hard. To get into these places, because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. it's like it, it's not one branch of the government; it's another branch of the government, and it's it's just there's so much red tape to run through. It, you have to know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that might be able to get you like at least a number to call. Yeah, and, and it's it's, it's very rare that uh, you know even local municipal governments will embrace their paranormal history or haunted locations and let people in and i mean we, when we did uh, a place in fergus here called the wellington museum and archives uh people mm-hmm. people asked for decades to get in there and uh one of the employees uh, because it was a poor house and and a sanitarium and and uh it has a lot of history to it and they yeah. like you said earlier they didn't want it to be known for the for the haunted stuff, they wanted to be known for the history and mm-hmm. and uh, how it tied to the community and everything else. But uh, I, I think some yeah. places are slowly starting to uh, to uh, open up to it. Yeah, they're starting to embrace time. it. Yeah, I think it's it's starting to 
to come around where it's back that this is part of history and if you can actually you know find something that uh, reflects their history or you know uh, a certain area that uh, a certain like I'm thinking like the Wellington County Museum was the uh, a poor house, yep. right? And I mean, a lot of people had, uh, and had we were passed the, away. We, there. we were the first team allowed in there, right? So. And yeah, they were to the fact that uh, yeah, I mean, they were never too sure about having any ghost groups in there, but uh, they kind of opened up to it because it's like, okay, well, it's part of history, and the characters that were involved that were in this poor house, that's history, right? So I mean, if you can get some proof that they're there. Or a spirit is there, and it also I think you know people people love the paranormal. You can tell that by the how popular TV shows are. So it's going to bring people to your museum now, or it's going to bring people to you know mm -hmm. different areas. Yeah. So there's money to be made at it too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the like the public investigations we've done, like with the, the Backus Page House, and the, we've done mm, two at the Princess Ave Playhouse in St. Thomas. It's they always sell out. Like people love it. Like they like it. Yeah. Well, people love to be scared, and, right? And, and, yeah. And out of like, we usually do two nights out of the the Backus Page House, and and every year, like we usually do it, kind of like one in the spring, one in the fall, and every time, it's usually the same people because they love it. They mm -hmm. just they love coming out, and they yeah, like, and we usually get good results out of it, and yeah, it's it's great, and like like I said the. The uh, curator of the museum just opened her arms up to us, and she loved us out there. And she loves having us out there. And the Princess Ave, Princess Ave in St. Thomas was really difficult to get into. Like for years, I was emailing them, and they were just like, "No, no, 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 that's not what we want to know." And then they flipped um, board members. So a new lady came in, and I just kind of out of the blue, I emailed her, and she's like. Absolutely. Like she loves the paranormal. So you just have to find that right person that right. is right open to mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And we, we then, know yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it's, it's too, like I do usually do about once a year. Like I'll just kind of email the same, see if anything's changed, if they've opened their, changed their minds a little bit. And yeah. if not, not, I don't, I don't email excessively and bug them and I just, yeah. Yeah. I just, that's just it. If you don't ask, you'll never know, right? So you might as well yeah, like, put it out there. If they say no, they say no. Yeah, that's what I always say to my team. Like, that's the least they can say is no, and mm. you just move on. Uh, Kevin, how uh, do people get a hold of uh, Capture Paranormal? You mentioned you got a website, you got Facebook, all sorts of social uh, we media. Have, uh, we do. We have uh, captureparanormal.com. Uh, you can look us all up there. Our cases are up there, what we've done. A link to our, our YouTube is youtube.com uh, slash capture paranormal. Instagram is at capture paranormal. And Twitter is at capture paranorm. I had to think about all that. <laughs> uh, our one teammate, Jason, uh, he does our videos. He's our videographer and edits all our videos. And he's our, he's our social media guy, so he's big on pumping out the, the social media stuff. So. And you said that you do have a podcast, but you're on a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, we're on a bit of a hiatus right now. We we because uh, we're not um, very active right now, so we're um, just kind of took a break. From we did we were doing like one or two a week, and just um, busy schedules. Uh, Jason that usually does it 
got a new job and like I have to get up at like three thirty in this in this stupid morning every day and it's just the schedules aren't really working right now. So right. yeah, I work I work five I work five AM to one thirty in the afternoon, so I'm up super early every day and well yeah, once once the summer comes and things kinda we gotta get our schedules back in order and then we'll kinda jump back into it and Alrighty. Have you got one more story for us? Anything off the top of your head? Um, ever been ever been chased out of a place or you know? I, I should I should have ended it with that story at my mother in law's. That was that was really good. And, <laughs> um, I, but, uh, I, I my first experience with the kind of full on shadow person. Uh, I was at uh, Rolling Hills Asylum and in, in just outside of Buffalo. I was at a public uh, kind of paracon thing and so I was with my friends and <clears throat> they were doing their thing in the room. And, I said, I'm just going to go walk over here. No camera, no EVP, no nothing. I, wasn't, I was just, I'm just going to go walk over here. So I kind of turned the, turned the corner and against the wall, I just turned and I look and there's like a person standing in front of me. Like, but it was just a complete silhouette, like profile of a shadow um, right in front of me on a wall. So I just kind of stood there, kind of gobsmacked for what seemed like forever, but it was probably about half a second. And I look at it, and I look away, and I look back, and then, you know, kind of rub your eyes, and it's and it just starts slowly moving. And it's like okay, so I kind of watch it, and it just kind of like it moved like a person walking. And I'm like, okay, it's moving. So of course I follow it. I follow it into a room, and I get into the room, and there's no doors. It's just four concrete walls, and it's gone. It's like. Okay, that was cool. And that was, uh, that would be my my best story of a full on shadow person. Wow. First time I saw a shadow figure. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Very cool. And that was eight nine years ago, and I remember it as if it happened yesterday. It was. It was I'll never forget it. Well, all right, Kevin from Capture Paranormal in London, Ontario. Uh, be sure to check out their website. The all of the social media, the Instagram, the Facebook, media. Twitter, the YouTube. Yeah. All right, sir. Thank yep. you very much for being on the, the Phantom Faction Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Take care. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.